0: finally got our package arrived in uh, Jinja Uganda and uh, the children were able to get uh, uh, we sent all the children there a, uh, a very nice study Bible uh, we sent all the children um, these t-shirts the red and blue t-shirts and uh, we sent them uh, some school supplies. And um, this is all possible because you gave uh, money to Prime the Pump, and it's... Uh, yeah, we paid the school fees too. Oh yes, uh, and uh, uh, we paid all the school fees for the kids, uh, so they're all enrolled in school, and... Um, say thank you. You're taking very good care of God's uh, orphan children and I'm happy to be part of this church. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, your spirit would whisper to our souls this morning and we could have a uh, New inclination uh, to live a fruitful life. I pray that we would be more than productive, I pray that we would be fruitful. And I pray that uh, people would see our good works and glorify you in heaven. I pray that you'd bless this church, I pray that you'd bless every single one who has so generously made it possible to improve the lives of these children and I pray that your sense of approval would rest upon them in Christ's name, Amen. Perhaps John the Apostle was Christ's best friend while he was on earth. John was a follower of John the Baptist and one day John went to hear John the Baptist preach and while John the Baptist was preaching he interrupted the sermon and he pointed at Jesus who was walking by and he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and when John heard John the Baptist say that his imagination was captured and he started following behind Jesus. And Jesus noticed that someone was following him, and he turned around and said, "Can I help you?" And John and Andrew said, "Yes, rabbi. Where do you where do you stay?" And Jesus said, "Come and see." Several weeks after that, John and his brother, uh, James, were working with their dad in the fishing boat, mending the nets. And Jesus walked along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he walked up to John's boat, and he said, I want you to follow me. And John and his brother, James, left the boat and left their dad with hired workers, and John started following Jesus Christ. When Jesus did special things, John was always there. If you read the Gospels, you read about the day that he went up on a mountain, and he was uh, transfigured. Uh, His glory shone through. John was there the day that the glory of the Lord shone through on Jesus Christ. There was a day that a 12-year-old girl died, and Jesus went into her house and took her tiny little hand in his and said, Talitha cum, maiden I say to you, rise. John was there when that little girl came back to life. John watched the day that they rolled the stone away from Lazarus' grave and heard Jesus say, Lazarus, come forth, and the dead man lived. He was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was there when he healed the lepers. And of all people, of all the 12, John was the closest to him, on the worst day of his life. The Gospels tell us that John knew the chief priest. And when Jesus was on trial before the chief priest, John was in the courtroom. The only one of the apostles. John sat in the courtroom. That's how we know all these things about what happened. When Jesus was condemned... Of all the twelve only John only John stood at the foot of his cross and watched him suffer on that terrible day in fact John never names himself in his gospel he only uses the title the disciple who Jesus loved when I think about John and what a good friend he was to Christ and what a good friend Christ was to him, I feel something in my heart that I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be a friend of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be the one who runs. I want to be the one who stays. I want to be the reliable one. I want to have a friendship with Christ that makes a difference in the way I live my everyday life. And and, uh, in John's gospel, we get instruction on how that can happen. You can be a friend of Jesus Christ. As assuredly as John was, you can be. Jesus said in John chapter 15, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full that these things are the things we talked about last Sunday, about being fruitful, the difference between being fruitful and productive. Jesus said, the reason I told you that is, I want you to live a life of joy. Church, I've told you on several occasions, God's answer to your misery is his mercy. He wants you to live a life of joy. Joy is one of these words that we use a lot, but we're not really sure what we mean when we say joy. So let's get real specific. What is joy? It's a sense of well-being. It's an inner sense in your soul that it is well with my soul. Joy is also a sense that I am succeeding in life. I'm living life well. I'm accomplishing what I should accomplish. I'm I'm becoming the kind of person I should become. It is a sense of succeeding in life. It's an awareness that the good fortune of God rests on me. Do you believe you live in the good fortune of God? You're not the kind of person who gets up every day expecting something bad to happen. Uh, That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is, I live under the good fortune of God. I expect his blessings to be upon me today. I'm looking for the good. Jesus said he came so that we would have, he spoke to us so that we would have a deep sense of well-being. We would have a sense that we're succeeding in life. And we would have a sense that we're living under his good fortune. Joy also means a sense of pleasure and delight. Do you know life is supposed to be a pleasure? Life is not supposed to be a grit your teeth every day. Uh, uh, Life is not supposed to be a white knuckle affair. It's supposed to be a sense of there is a good God. He is at work in ways beyond what I can imagine. And even when it doesn't look like things are going my way, the goodness of God is going to meet me in some way. It is God's delight for his children to live with a sense of of pleasure, do you see? I've shared with you on past occasions, God is not honored when his children are miserable. No parent says, I'm living a great life My kids are miserable. Uh, You're only as happy as your least happy child. Uh, Am I right? Uh, All right. Um, God is a good father. He's not, he finds no, he finds no honor in his children being miserable. In fact, it's just the opposite. He finds honor because he says, I'm going to figure out a way for you to live a life that has genuine delight in it. Joy also means a expectation that uh, my desires are going to be fulfilled. Part of joy is this expectation that the things I really want are going to happen. So, Christ taught us That in a faithful life, we're going to experience, I mean, in a fruitful life, we're going to experience more well being, a greater sense of success, and a a sense of living in the good fortune of God. When I'm fruitful, I have a deeper sense of joy. When I'm living the fruitful life, I have a sense that I'm succeeding. The grace of God is resting on my life. Things are the way they're supposed to be between God and I. The the fruitful life gives me the ability not only to experience uh, uh, more uh, joy, it gives me, the it empowers me to share joy with other people. You see, when you're living the fruitful life, you're going to naturally be sharing joy with other people. People will have a deeper sense of well-being when they're around you. People will have a deeper sense that life is good when they're around you. People will have a deeper sense that God is really doing something good in the world when they're around you. It is the natural spiritual flow of a fruitful life. Um, I also think we should be aware that when I'm living a fruitful life, it has a way of changing what I really want. Uh, I see the, the lotteries up to some ridiculous amount of money again. And people all over America are uh, rushing to buy their Their uh, suckers all over America are rushing to buy their uh, uh, a ticket. Uh, they wouldn't have a 90 million dollar 900 million or whatever it is if a bunch of people weren't losing you know that right all right Um, you want to bet bet on God put that lottery money in the offering plate and see what God does for you all right when my life is fruitful and I'm experiencing well-being Joy. It has a way of changing what I really, really want. It changes my desires. Uh, It changes what feels important and valuable to me. Church. Uh, If I'm living a fruitful life, I value the love of my family more than I value winning the lottery. I want you to look how many people ruin their family after they win the lottery. Don't take my word for it. Just look it up. Uh, If I'm living the fruitful life, I want what's good for the people around me. I really want what's good for them. The fruitful life is Christ being transplanted within me and it changes what I really want in life. It becomes easy for God to give me the desires of my heart because the desire of my heart came from the desire of his heart and he just transplanted it in me. Do you see, church? And then John wrote that Jesus said, this is my commandment In a fruitful life where Christ is being transplanted within us, the qualities of Christ are being transplanted within us, we move from a relationship of service to a relationship of friendship. Listen. I want to be a friend of Christ like John was. But listen what Jesus is saying. I want to be a friend of you more than you want to be a friend of me. Do you have the faith to believe that? Do you have the faith to believe that Christ really wants to be your friend more than you want to be his friend? Do you believe he has a greater longing for you than you have for him? Because I think often in our Christian lives, we think we're all on the wanting side and God's a little passive. In fact, it's just the opposite. Jesus said, I want to call you my friend. What does my friendship with God look like? If I say I want to be a friend of God, what should that look like? Well, John tells us in this passage. The first thing he said is, I call you friends, and I want you to do what I have commanded you to do. In fact, he says... I want you to enjoy doing what I commanded you to do, not do it as some kind of obnoxious duty. What kind of friendship would it be if your friend asked you for something and you made it very plain to them that you were annoyed and a little, in, uh, and a little uh, uh, put out that uh, they would ask you to do that kind of thing? You see, that's not what friendship is. Friendship's not about obligation and duty. Friendship is about, I enjoy your company. I enjoy doing this with you. Jesus said, if you want to be my friends, take a good look at your heart, and do you really enjoy doing what I ask you to do? This word for uh, command is used three times in this paragraph. Um... The first time is in verse 12 where Jesus said, this is my command that you love one another. The second time is here in verse 14, and the third time is going to show up in verse 17. I express my friendship with God not only by enjoying doing what he asked me to do, but I express my friendship to God by loving others because he loves them. If they are Christ's friends... And I'm Christ's friend. I owe him, I owe them the love of God. Now I want to push on this word command for a minute because it sounds more harsh than it is. I might actually, I might actually translate, translate this word uh, to leave or give instructions. How does it sound if we read, You are my friends if you do what I instructed you to do. You are my friends. The evidence that you really want to be my friend, Jesus said, is you got yourself in a place in life because the character of Christ is being transplanted within you that you actually enjoy doing what Christ instructs you to do. Jesus said in verse 17 this is the this is the instruction i gave you that you love one another in this life that we are aspiring to this life where the qualities of christ are in us making us fruitful then christ says you will find meaning in loving other people in the fruitful life i want to be christ's friend and the evidence that i want to be his friend is I actually find meaning in loving other people as opposed to I find meaning by loving myself and always thinking about myself and always worrying about what I'm going to get and all these other things. Christ said when, uh, when he's being transplanted within us, I find meaning in life not by thinking about myself all the time but actually by loving people around me. Do you see? That's what Jesus Himself does. If, he's, if His character is being formed in me, I'm going to be doing what He does. And what does Jesus do? He just loves. I don't. I, I, I can't. I can't come with any adjectives. He just loves us ridiculously. He just loves with us with an inexplicable love. And Jesus said. If you want to be my friend, start examining how do you really love the people around you? Do you love people around the, you the way I want you to love them? Uh, brothers, I can tell you a good prayer to pray every day. I pray this prayer every day. Dear Father, help me love my wife today the way you want her to be loved. Brothers, Uh, Sisters, uh, uh, you might feel differently about your spouse if you prayed every morning, dear father, help me to love my husband today the way you want him to be loved. Parents, parents, dear God, help me to love my kids today the way you want them to be loved. Uh, Help me to love my uh, uh, neighbor the way you want them to be loved. Okay, I am expressing my friendship for God by doing exactly what he does, and that's loving the people around me. Could I remind you, the Bible tells us, that if you don't love the people you can see, you have deceived yourself that you love God who you can't see. Do you hear me, brothers and sisters? If you don't love the people you can see, you are deceiving yourself when you say, I love God who I can't see. On the other hand, when I love the people around me the way God wants them to be loved, do you see, God says, that's what my friends do. I recognize you as my friend. That's exactly what my friends do. Let's talk about Christ being transplanted in us. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If Christ is being transplanted in me, I find that I love in a better way because I'm loving the way Christ, who is within me, loves If I'm loving the way Christ loves, it's an evidence that I am his friend. The second fruit of the Spirit, joy. We just talked about it. Well-being, a sense of succeeding in life, a sense of pleasure with uh, living. When Christ's joy is being formed in me, I have a greater sense of joy in life. And when I'm sharing that joy in life with others, Christ says, that's exactly what my friends do. I recognize you are my friend because I see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in you. All right. Let's all do, let's all do a, a, a life check. I want you to think about your best day last week, whatever it was, uh, if you can't remember it what was your best day last week uh, what what happened that made it your best day now i want to think about i want you to think about what kind of person were you on the best day you had last week uh, what kind of attitude did you have uh, on your best day did the people around you feel loved on your best day did you share a sense of joy with the people around you? On your best day, did you have a sense of peace? See, here's what I think. If you would check your life, on your best days, these qualities are dominant in your life. Now think about your worst day. Think about the day that you uh, want a mulligan on, and uh, I, I want a do over on that day. Uh, Uh, Think about what what lack of qualities were in your life. On your worst day, I bet you didn't feel very loving. On your worst day, I bet you didn't have much joy. On your worst day, you weren't very peaceful and there wasn't much peace around you. Do you see? If If I really put this to the test, If I take it out of the realm of being abstract and I really put it to the test, my life proves that when I'm being fruitful and I'm living in a rich friendship with God, I live a better quality of life. I enjoy life more. There's more pleasure in life. When Christ is not being formed in me and Mr. Ugly is driving the bus... Those are not fun days. Those are not days that we look back on and say, ooh, that was awesome. Friendship with God, it's a game changer. It literally changes the way I experience life and the people around me experience life. Then Jesus said, I want you to know what, God's friendship with you looks like your friendship with God looks like you're living out of these qualities that are transplanted in you by Christ now what does his friendship with you look like Jesus said I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his Lord does I have called you friends Because all that I hear from my Father, I make known to you. Because Christ is being transplanted within us, we live in the realm of providence. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, Providence is the belief. God is at work in the world, minute by minute, for an eternal purpose in ways that I recognize God is at work in the world, in ways that I don't recognize God is not uh, napping in heaven. He is providentially directing history toward his grand purpose. Uh, When I am a friend of God, God invites me to live in the world in the realm of providence. God said, I'm going to share with you what's going on. I'm going to make known to you what, what I, what's going on. In the realm of providence, I become aware that I'm just not meeting this person randomly. God caused us to run into each other. And God is going to do something interesting by me meeting this person. God's not asking me randomly to go do stuff. God is directing me because he's already transplanted within me things that he wants to share with other people. Uh, The Holy Spirit's not whispering you to give that person a call for no reason at all. You're living in the realm of providence. God said, God is going to whisper to you and say, give this person a call. Because while you're talking to them, you're going to share something of this, uh, th- these qualities of Christ, and that's exactly what they need that day. Are you, are, are you making this connection? When, when, I, when God shows that he's my friend by inviting me to live in the realm of providence, and then day by day, he whispers to me and says, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to do that. And when we do it, we end up sharing something of the goodness of God that we have experienced ourselves. And people experience God differently than if we didn't live this way. Are you hearing me, church? I'm not God's slave. I'm God's friend. And he's inviting me in to his great providential work in the world. And it's not that I have to figure something out. It's that the life that Christ is transplanting in me gets naturally shared wherever God sends me. And then Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it to you these things have i commanded you so that you will love one another in this we are introduced to electing love god in his electing love chose us to be fruitful and to be his friends listen what jesus said ah now please Listen, these are the words of Jesus himself. You did not choose me, but I chose you. One more time. Jesus said, you're not living the Christian life because you picked me. You're living the Christian life because I picked you. Ah, listen to this. God handpicked you to be his friend. I want you to hear this. I know some of you grew up with this religion that everything is equal and and God treats everybody the same. you you, got to read the Bible, church. Uh, This says very plainly that God chose you. And if he chose you, he chose you out of a group of people and uh, he chose you uh, for his own purpose. Do you understand this? I am a Christian today, not because I was smarter, not because I was more holy, not because I was a better person. I am a Christian today for one reason. Jesus chose me and said, I'm gonna work in your soul and I'm gonna make you the kind of man I want you to be. That's why I am a Christian today. And that's why you're a Christian today, whether you recognize it or not. You did not choose me. I'm not your friend because you chose me I'm your friend because I chose you you don't have to you don't have to struggle to be a friend of Christ he chose you to be his friend he picked you of everyone he could pick he knew you and picked you church uh Jesus said, the, uh, 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 I am the vine, you are the branches. The branches don't pick the vine. I've never gone to a vineyard where branches said, I just don't care to be on this vine and broke themselves off and wouldn't attach themselves to another vine. It never happens. The health of the branch is because of the vine. The vine produces the branch. The branch doesn't produce the vine. The vine doesn't, uh, the, uh, I am the true vine. My father is the, uh, a, a vineyard keeper. Listen, the vine doesn't prune itself. It, it is, cho- the, the, the vineyard keeper chooses what to prune off the vine. I need us all to hear this. It could be transforming for you when you wake up to the idea that there is an infinite God and in Christ he wants to share what is best about who he is with every one of us and by his own electing love he says I choose you and call you my friend Ephesians 1, four. Even as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Before God created any of this he envisioned who you were and in his electing love he said I choose you to be my friend. And part of being friends of God means he's going to make us holy and blameless before him in love. John Calvin wrote The end of the gospel is to render us eventually comfortable to God. What is all this about? God chose us, and he works in our lives. So we become the kind of people he's comfortable of being around. You spend more time with friends you are comfortable with than people you are uncomfortable with. Hmm? Uh, You try to figure out how to get out of being around people you're not comfortable with. But friends, you look forward to spending time with them. You're more comfortable with them. Calvin has it absolutely right. God's good plan is to transplant Christ within us to the point that he's just comfortable. He's comfortable being around us. Calvin also said, And if we may so to speak, say, to deify us, God made himself ours so that all his things should in a manner become our things. Calvin is saying in uh, a more um, intellectual way what I've been trying to share in this. This is what he's saying. God picked you to be his friend. And now he's transplanting Christ into our character. And the more that Christ is transplanted into our character, the more comfortable God is around us. The more Christ is transplanted into our character, the more we are, we are like his divine nature. And the more we are like Christ, the more we find that we love God and we love each other. Productivity passes very quickly. Yesterday's successes are soon forgotten in today's challenges, but fruitfulness remains. You did not choose me, but I chose you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. The fruitful life has an eternal payoff. There is an eternal payoff for every moment of love that you share with someone else. There is an eternal payoff for every bit of joy that you transmit into the world. There is an eternal payoff for peace and patience and kindness and goodness. There is eternal payoff for faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Productivity lasts briefly. Fruitfulness has an eternal reward. I encourage you. I encourage you in this month of... uh, 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 Rest and seeking the Lord that you ask God for Christ to be formed in you and for the qualities that are natural to him to become natural to you our dear heavenly father I find in my heart I do want to be your friend I'm also aware that I have often not been such a good friend to you I'm also aware that uh, I have not always been comfortable for you to be around. I recognize that uh, there are beauties and qualities in Jesus Christ that I lack. And I ask you, as the vine nurtures the branch, I pray that the life of Christ would be nurtured in me and in everyone here. I pray that these qualities that are just natural to you would become more and more natural to us. And I pray that we would live out a quality friendship with you. And we would live under the delight of your friendship. In Jesus' name, amen.